I hope that other people aren't as resistant to God opening up a whole new trajectory in your life um, as much as long as I was in resistance because the resistance was what caused me the pain, not the changing of the seasons. You've gotten great at divine working, but what about divine living? Welcome to the Divine Living Podcast. I'm your host, Gina DeVee. You're not alone in wanting more. And here at the Divine Living Podcast, you can expect to be part of conversations from women like us who unapologetically dream big and are obsessed with manifesting our most fabulous lives. The conversation starts now. Hey, hey, my beautiful, welcome to the Divine Living Podcast. I'm so excited to share this episode with you today. I had so much fun uh, being interviewed on this podcast that I wanted to kind of replay it on the Divine Living Podcast. Um, I think that you're going to get so many juicy nuggets, a lot of fun, flair, inspiration, motivation. Um, You'll see a different side of me that maybe you don't always see. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. This is monumental today on Obsessed because we are bringing to you someone that we are I normally say we're healthily obsessed with, but I think we're not healthy, healthily obsessed with this, this woman here today. And she was the actual inspiration for our podcast, Obsessed. Seriously, we are so obsessed with her that we were we wanted to ride the podcast bandwagon. We love all things divine living. We love her podcast. It, this is blowing my mind right now that I was dancing to Beyonce before and just having a good time getting the energy out. We've got Gina DeVee in the house here at Obsessed. Welcome, Gina. What's up, everyone? I am so delighted and honored to be here and uh, have been looking forward to this conversation for a while. Oh, my God. Yes. And Gina, we're happy to have you. And we've got to ask you, what are you currently obsessed with? <laughs> I'm obsessed with finding a house to live in right now. Um, what am I currently obsessed with? I'm obsessed with, I turned 50 in uh, December 22nd, and I am obsessed with body transformation between now and then. I am obsessed that, and we can probably maybe get into this a little bit, um, for anyone else who has been living in a world in between worlds, I shut down like 90% of my business during 2021 And I've been living in the question for like a year, year and a half now. And it was starting to get depressing, to be honest. Like, I'm like, I'm all for trust the process, but it like, it tested me as well. And like, just when I least expected it, it's like the heavens parted. My whole new body of work is like, not just coming forth, but flowing forth. And I am obsessed with, um, it's called own your throne so it's very much in line with the book and the podcast and all the things, but it's like, whoo, God did deliver. Wow. That is amazing. Yes. Uh, Jules, for those of you that are just listening on the podcast, Jules is holding up uh, Gina's book, The Audacity to Be Queen. It is a gorgeous book from front cover all the way to the back. It's just, it looks like, it feels like a goddess's book. Just, it's just so pretty. You just want to keep it. You know, it's like, you don't, you want to make sure your hands are clean before you touch the book. <laughs> so I'm sure that's how Jules feels. And 
we were thinking about you and thinking about this discussion and Tia, her audio was good yesterday. And Tia mentioned a really good point because we were thinking of this, like, what are we going to talk about? What, what moves us? What inspires us? What are we not going to talk about, about? Really? Right. <laughs> well, so Tia mentioned how we, as women, there is one of the things that women feel that we have to do. One of and the little women, that, we have a little woman right there. So, all right. So. I think Mika was going to say just, you know, just really understanding that, you know, while we're embracing our femininity, like you love to, you love to discuss your feminine power, but how do you, and, and we see this in so many transactions in our daily life as women, how, for example, like an email Gina and, or a text, and we're always like putting little heart emojis, or I love it. Cause we want to feel like we're, we have that softer side yet. We want to we want to portray ourselves as something bigger and we want to run the race and the balance is really hard to kind of neutralize, if you will. Mm -hmm. You know, everything is energy and it's, and it's taken me a lot to really get this down because in the past, even if I was like, not happy about something or with someone, but I would like send the nice text, like, I would appreciate it if it was more like, honey, you know, like, was the energy behind it and, and people feel it. And so I think that when you have gotten your emotional management down to a place where you're really grounded and centered and you get that there's enough love for everyone, you, the other person, the situation, you can just be a lot more direct. You can speak the truth in love. You don't need to um, tap dance as much and make sure that everyone else is okay because you're okay with you. And so I think that our individual job is to just get so deeply rooted in love. And love isn't about being nice, P.S. Sometimes the most loving response is no. So love has a fierceness to it. But when people, like people know when it's done in love, it's, it's okay if a boundary is set. It's okay if no, that's not good enough. Get me another version, you know, because it's all done in love. And does that love start with yourself? I mean, because you are the queen, you are, you know how to own your throne. You know, it starts with yourself. Obviously that's probably a rhetorical question. It, it does. Um, and I would say even more specifically, it starts with your relationship with the divine because that is source. And that is the source of love. Like if you're just loving yourself from a human um, perspective, you can only get so filled up. It's almost more in the form of self-care, but when you are fueled from source, from that infinite love, possibility, hope, resurrection, power, peace, abundance, enough for everyone, then that's what emanates. And then you get that it's less about you and more about just exuding all that's available for everyone. Do you get a lot uh, of kickback? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mika. No, I love that you said that, Gina, because I, I didn't get that before in life. I didn't, you know, I grew up in faith and I believed in God and, but then, you know, 
you you kind of some people just grow up and grow out and just experience the world on a, on on our own and then we fall we fall short you know we experience the unpleasant trees of life and that disconnect that we have with god we don't really understand that was being closer to him that we kind of we get replenished we get that that connection builds it actually builds us to have a healthy relationship with ourselves mm-hmm. you know we lose all of that and we're out here like you said in a human level loving ourselves but it's there is more there is more and it's that that connection that helps us to achieve more absolutely absolutely you know, d- depending on what kind of faith you grew up in or what kind of church or temple or, or synagogue, there can be an element with religion that makes it more academic and two-dimensional than mystical and infinite. And so, you know, really discovering what has you have an alive relationship with the divine is, is a journey in and of itself. And I, I, you know, I'm not going to speak on behalf of everyone. I just don't know a lot of people that were raised in that environment. They really had to go on their own heroine's journey to leave home, slay the dragons, experience all the different shades and styles and types of life to get out of being what I do write about in the book, get out of being compliant for all the like recovering little miss perfects out there, little miss good girls. I'm not making fun of you because I was one of them. It's a, it's a sad trajectory. Get out of being defiant for those of you rebels out there. Like I'm not going to do it like everyone else, but neither compliance or defiance is alliance. It's just reacting to someone else or something else. And it's only when we get into alliance with our truth, where we then speak our truth, we live our truth, we exude our truth, that we are actually living as free humans. And you have such an underlying current of spirituality, you know, and do you get a lot of kickback? Because I think that's really what makes you and your, your brand unique is that you you start very often your podcast episodes, everything in your, in your book with prayer. And Mm -hmm. I, it's very, you know, ubiquitous, meaning that it's not necessarily God, it's the universe, or you do mention God, but it can relate to anybody out there. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so I was, well, I'll get to that question. So I was young when I used to watch, so I grew up in fundamentalist Christianity and I am a Christian and, and, and I get the, the deal. I remember watching Joyce Meyer saying like, she was called to speak to the church and I might've been in seventh grade at the time. And it just, the Holy Spirit came through me and said, you're called to speak to the unchurched. I didn't even know who those people were. Cause like I went to church like every day of the week and literally twice on Sunday. So like <laughs> we're the unchurched, but, uh, as, and then I was prophesied over, you will proclaim my name through industry. Also didn't know what that could have possibly meant at the time of the prophecy. And so it's been an evolution for me to publicly be all the elements of me. Like I, I grew up in a way that it was very, I would like, I was so codependent. I would figure out what part of me I could share with this group. What part of me could I share with the people at the public school? What part of me could I share with people at church? 
what part of myself could I share with people at work? Like what was acceptable so that I would be liked and, and received. And so it's been a healing and a shedding of codependency where I'm just like, well, this is who I am. Um, I remember I was working in the white house and, you know, when you grow up in a thing, it seems normal. And so I didn't realize that the type of church that I grew up in by everyone else's label would have been considered the religious right. I just thought these were good Christian people that loved me and came to my catechism. And I was very, not. To, this is not going political, it's just an illustration. Um, I worked in the Clinton White House. And so in, oh, in the- my brother that was there too at the same time. Cool, cool, cool. So um, I worked in the office of the first lady. And so, you know, I see Hillary's agenda every day in this net. And then I would like, it, there was something that was going on politically at the time about the Democrats, the religious right, this, that, and I was like, oh my gosh, Gina, you can't, you can't be a Christian or like a born again Christian and that, and be a Democrat. And it was like, but you can't be a Democrat and be a born again Christian. I'm like, but I'm both. What do I do? Like, it was like, it was this existential crisis where I was like, so I like felt like I had to hide myself here and hide myself there. And then Marianne Williamson came to town and I was like, you know, would go to her lectures at the Unity Church and hear about the Course of Miracles. You can't tell them you're a born again Christian. And then you can't tell them you just went to a Marianne Williamson lecture. I'm like, but I like it both. So there's been this like shedding of like or more, I would say revealing of who I really am. And it's been my own Esther journey for anybody that knows the story of Esther. There was a long time that she kept her identity hidden for safety and other reasons, but then for such a time as this, it was time for her to reveal who she really was. So all of this to answer your previous question, um, I don't know how to do anything without prayer. And so just because I was a business coach, it never dawned on me that I wouldn't start business coaching sessions with a prayer. Like it like literally didn't dawn on me until, and thank God at the time, there was no video, there was no Zoom. It was all like, instanttelaseminar.com or whatever we were using, freeconference.com. And so I would just pray at the beginning of the thing. And, this, and so I'm sure if I would have seen people on Zoom, I would have seen this shock. But people started writing in, I can't believe you prayed at the beginning of this business coaching call. And I was like, well, what else would you do? Like, like <laughs> you need a miracle in your business. And so do I. Like, uh, prayer is the medium of miracles. So, so then I started getting this feedback that at least for the, and some people are like, I'm not into this. And then all of a sudden they became into it because they realized it was a very inclusive place that just because I pray that it doesn't matter if you're Muslim or atheist or Jewish or Christian or nothing or whatever, um, there was a, a connection with the divine where all, all are welcome. And now legit, if I do forget to pray at a live event, like podcast, any of it, like people are like, but what about the prayer? Like that is what they will write in about that if I didn't say a prayer that day. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> wow. I love that. I love that you, you are, it was coming more and more into you, like who you are meant to be. This is who you are. And I've got to ask this question because- Wait. Yeah, I was on your Instagram and you, I remember this was, uh, you had gone to Cancun to the Dr. Joe Dispenza mm -hmm. uh, week-long uh, advanced retreat. 
and I would like to know what, like, how did that fortify, did that change you? Mika's a big did Joe you? Dispenza fan, by the way. Uh, and a Gina, and a Gina fan. Mm-hmm. And so I want to know, how does this make you, has it changed you? Uh, yes or no. And how has it changed you? It has evolved me for sure. Um, if you would have asked me before I got introduced to his work, do you, are you a meditator? Do you meditate? I would be like, of course, I pray and meditate. My version of meditation at that time would have been like, I don't know, 20 minutes with my eyes closed, maybe listening to some pretty music every four to six months. <laughs> um, so not that I think that meditation needs to be about a certain time or duration, but for me personally, I have found that guided meditations over longer periods of time are help are what help me access a different level of consciousness. And I would say also the way uh, his work has impacted me is a greater education in the quantum field and quantum physics. Um, and almost giving a science perspective to what I always believed from a spiritual perspective. So, you know, I was never traditional medical model. I always, you know, I, you know, I've seen and witnessed brain tumors being healed in the whole, I mean, you know, one of the great things about fundamentalist Christianity is we do believe in a Holy Spirit rally the lane on a hands, miracles and and, and complete and total healings, whether it was for marriage, finance, not so much for finances, marriage, uh, physical healings, et cetera. And so I always believed it. And I think that it's awesome that Joe has described it scientifically for people who maybe just don't go on faith with it. And it's also interesting for me to know what happens in the physical body based on it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm more like, I didn't need that part. I'm like, oh, I want electricity, flip the switch. Like, I don't need to know how electricity works personally. Um, But I'm I'm a very, very grateful to him and his body of work for introducing me to a greater depth of meditation that was not a daily practice the way it is today. So growing up as a fundamental Christian, you know, what are your parents, what are they thinking of? the dot, this daughter they've created, just kind of putting your own spin on your spirituality. You might have to ask them. Um, and, and probably also at, at different stages, you know, I mean, my parents, um, just had dinner with them last night. Um, they, what do I want to say? They too came so far from where they were brought up. Um, you know, my, my mom was a a first generation Italian immigrant, grew up in like, I would say poverty. Um, her parents didn't speak English, lived in a a two bedroom house. There were four kids and they always rented one of the rooms out just to like make money. You know, it was, um, and her dad, non-speaking English dad swept the floors of a grocery store for his job. My, um, Dad grew up in Detroit. His father was a factory worker. 
and worked midnights. And so um, they both became school teachers and, um, you know, and, and gave me and my brother like a better life than they had and the best life that they knew to give. And I think the thing that's important for everyone to understand about no matter how much your parents love you and and really believe that they want and know the best for you, no one's soul knows another soul's journey really. And I remember when I was going to leave um, traditional psychology and, and no longer be a psychotherapist and move from Detroit, where I was a Christian counselor, to California, where I was going to be a life coach. Um, you know, my father begging me, Gina, please don't get this license. You've worked so hard for this, you know, and I was making $2,000 a month living at home with my parents at the age of 30, you had $75,000 in debt. And my soul just knew there was another trajectory and another journey for me. And so, um, I think that they've seen different things along the way. You know, at first they probably thought I was making a really big mistake. And, you know, um, the whole internet marketing thing was new at the beginning. And, you know, I'm not going to throw any particular extended family members under the bus, but there were rumor would have it that, uh, you know, Gina was just all about the money all of a sudden. I think there were different opinions along the way. And I think that I know that it's been revealed um, what my heart is, what my mission is, not that I've always done everything right. Um, I also stopped asking for permission. How do you do that? I know this is such like a huge problem, especially with women. You know, we want to be liked. Mm -hmm. We want to be validated. And it's so hard to take a departure from that. How, what's the first step in just like unleashing yourself to the world? Oh, great question. You know, falling in love with yourself is a really beautiful journey. And you get to know yourself when you're alone with you. And it is, it, for me, it's, it was and is a process. Um, I think, you know, turning 40 and almost 50 certainly helps because you're just, all those times I was like, oh, well, by the time I'm 30, I'll blah, blah, blah. And by the time I'm, four, and then all of a sudden you turn 40, you turn 50 or whatever, you're like, ooh, now it's now or never, girlfriend. Like it is like the clock is not going backwards. And so you have to, if you're in tune with that, there's a greater urgency to be there for yourself now. And you start to realize how much of your power, your time, or your um, life you have given away to someone else's decree for you or preference for you. Here, I'll share with you something hot off the presses. I don't even know if my own team knows this, let alone uh, I, my friends don't even know this right now. Like this literally this happens. This is going to be good. This is going to be really it's good. It's going to be juicy. So we are in, um, Glenn and I are in a house hunt search and I was so excited. I am so excited to move to New York City. I was so sure that it would have happened before now. And I've basically been given a choice as, in terms of what's been revealed to me. I either settle and live somewhere in New York just for the sake of living in New York, but it's not where I want to live or the type of place I want to live in or it's just not yet. 
And so it has taken everything out of me to not just be like, fine, I can live anywhere for a year or two. I just want to be in New York. So I've had to really like, it's not here yet. It's not here yet. It's like, I'm not going to just take anything. And my baby love, he's been in limbo for a while. He's only, he has a limit. This is Glenn, right? Glenn, the husband. Yes, yes. Um, And he's like, Gina, I support you and our dream of moving to New York. I'm not living out of a suitcase any longer. I need a place, a house for a dog. I I need my motorcycle and car in a garage, like such a California boy. And I'm like, um, hmm. so brother, man, we were um, visiting Naples, Florida recently, and he loves it there. He's like, this place is awesome. And I was there. Yeah. It is. Well, he decided that actually. Oh, he did. I you know like, we'll be neighbors, right? Oh, I did not know that. You're in Naples? Yeah. Well, I'm in Chicago, but we have a condo in Naples and okay. Gulf Shore Boulevard, if you know okay. that area. I don't yet. But so Glenn's like Naples, Naples, Naples. And I'm like, I love it there, but not enough to live there during fall months when it's beautiful weather in a lot of other places that I am excited about living in. And so New York wasn't revealing itself. And I'm like, I just, and he's like, so what are you going to do? And I was like, well, if it's not New York yet, Europe, Abdi. That'll be my answer. Europe. I mean, she's meeting Naples, Italy, I think. Like it's September and he's like, you're going (laughs) to, I'm, he's like, well, you're just going to, you have two suitcases, right? You're just going to fly from New York to Europe and hang out for a couple of, I'm like, well, maybe in November, the housing market will chill out a little bit in New York or whatever. It's never, I'm never going to wish I hadn't been in Europe in September and October. Never. What's the big deal? And he's like, we don't even have a home here. So long story longer, Glenn goes and does a short-term rental. like now through the end of the year in Naples, Florida. Oh my God. Where, what, what, what area? (laughs) Fifth Avenue? I don't even know. So we bring the median age down when we live in Naples. I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) So, and he's like, so we'll, we'll, we'll go there. We'll do, you've got your launches. We can go to Italy in October. And what, and I just, so I felt into this and I was like, I don't want to do that. Like, and like every other version of Gina before me would be like, well, this is what my husband wants. And this is what the man is saying. And this is the more practical thing to do. I do have a lot of launches and things going on right now. And I was like, no, I didn't get to Europe during COVID. I only got one month there last year. I was living in this world in between years. Like, I don't want to feel like I don't have enough of Europe time, which is so me. And so Fortunately, we have the kind of relationship where we sit down, like, I want to support you and what you want. I want you to support me and what I want. Any other time I would have buckled, I would have said, he's right. I need to be practical, all of it. And I was like, no. And literally in between calls, I was checking my emails today. (laughs) Man does not fan a few words. I get an email of a, apparently I'm flying to London at the end of next week. Like he found the flight. So 
um, I'm a, I'm gonna continue my adventure. But all of this to say, how do you not? How do you like speak your truth and live your truth? Glenn and I aren't getting divorced. We don't have problems in our relationship. We would have if I had let myself be forced to go to a place that I didn't want to be in because it was practical for a month. He's going to come meet me in Italy in October. I'm excited. He's thrilled. He gets a garage. I get an adventure. Living our lives. I, I, I mean, that. I love that. That's That just speaks to compromise and not being complacent in your life. And you have that ability to do anything you want. You do, what? Gina. Like, what? I don't. I got four kids at home. Like, if oh, I went well. to Europe right now, I probably would see child protective services would be chasing after me. <laughs> But you can do it. And people, but the thing is, people don't realize that in the regular life that you can do whatever the heck you want. You have that choice. I'm I'm 49 years old. I don't have kids. I have worked to earn a certain amount of money. Like if I said no to this, like I I would have been so resentful of him because I would have blamed him. But the true blame would have been really on me for self-abandoning. And I was like, it was, and it was hard for me to not just be like, fine, it's a one more month, I, you know, and I just say women for such a time as this right now, you got to live your truth. You got to speak your truth. You got to not ask for permission. You need to ask, ask your soul. You have to ask your soul. Wow. And I mean, that's just so liberating to hear first and foremost. And if you guys can make it work like that, I mean, I think the three of us, I don't know about Tia because I think she's going to be going into labor any minute, but you know, it sounds like the most fantastic life. How do you, when you get to that place where you think you're in your castle, when you think that you have like, you have everything, you know, how do you not become complacent when you think you've reached the top? I think that's where God shows up. Um, I never thought I would do anything else than business coaching. I thought I was going to be the female version of Bob Proctor. I was going to be 149 years old, still talking about wealth consciousness, coming out saying there's enough for everyone, still talking about Wallace Waddles and all the old dead white man books that have gotten me very far in life. And I just... I was so lit up about empowering women through financial success. I just thought that this was kind of my plot in life. You know, JLo's my spirit animal, didn't get a singing voice. You know, I got coaching skills. Yeah, use them, you know? So, and I was very happy with this, making a lot of money, traveling the world, hundreds of people in, in my high-end programs, created the luxury brand of personal and business development. Um, and I just assumed it was gonna keep growing. And it didn't, it started fizzling. And I, I was really confused about it at the time. And what I looked back at, I can see now, I think I'm a really big dreamer and thinker. And I really didn't let myself dream much further beyond that. Like, I thought I was gonna scale that. Like, yeah, I thought I'd keep growing and that kind of thing, but I didn't. I didn't see an identity for myself or a career for myself outside of business coaching. And so when things started to fizzle and I was working harder than ever for less than ever, 
Um, I was in so much resistance. I had so much ego. I was so, then I started in fear. I started getting caught up in the masculine ways of like, we'll work harder and more particle flow and better funnels. Um, but I think the thing that killed me the most during that time was comparing myself to other colleagues were, that were at a different point in their journey. Like their launches were just tripling and quadrupling. And mine was like doing a nosedive. And I really let it affect my confidence, my self-esteem, my worth. Um, and I, I say this to share, I hope that other people aren't as resistant to God opening up a whole new trajectory in your life um, as much, as long as I was in resistance. Because the resistance was what caused me the pain, not the changing of the seasons. And, you know, to see where I'm at today, a year, year and a half later, it also didn't need to take that long, but it did take me that long. Um, now I'm like, oh my gosh, I get to do all this queen work and quantum field work and spiritual work. And it doesn't have to be about business nuts and bolts. Like I'm like liberated. Um, and, and so I think you get non-complacent when you listen to the whispers of the divine you don't need to have the tsunami. You don't need to have the hurricane. You don't need to be slapped across the face um, to be woken up if you're listening. I wasn't listening. Wow. I love your vulnerability. Thank you, Gina, for that. Um, it's amazing because on the outside world, right? So anyone can look at you and be like, Gina DeV has everything. She's got it all figured out. She's got all her I's dotted, all her T's crossed, but you, you sharing this with us, it's just, you're even more beautiful. Mm -hmm. You're even more beautiful because you, this vulnerability just shows that you're human, you're a beautiful human, and we can relate to this. We can mm -hmm. relate to this and you, you open up and you let us in and then you lead us out. Like this is how you were able to get out of it and you're showing us how. So I think your tribe is so lucky. We're so lucky to have you because you show us the way out of it. You help us. I had to write it down. Resistance causes the pain, not the changes. I thought that was so powerful. Thank you for that resistance. Um, how you went through it. So how do we lower resistance? How do we do that? Well, thank you for that reflection. It's, um, it's really liberating post-pandemic that we all get to be more real with each other. I feel like the, the more there's conversations like this, you know, I think we're all really over the, the Insta scene. Um, and I've really personally missed like real conversations, real connections, like connections that happened like before the internet was there. You know, remember when we had like real life connections and I'm grateful for the internet. We wouldn't be having this conversation if it weren't for technology. And um, the, I guess just the, the work that I'm called to do in the world, it's, it's never been about being perfect. Esther's life was far from perfect. 
exiled, orphaned, you know, discriminated against, um, had to risk her life. Like there's nothing fun and glorious about it. And yet um, it's just so much more real. It's so much more real. So what was the question? How do we uh, get out of the resistance? Yep. Um, well, when you train yourself and it really takes a spiritual training. Um, I had faith my whole life or so I thought that there's just like, there's um, strength training that goes at different levels. There's faith training also. And um, I was a little bit more of like a beginner intermediate student before this recent rite of passage. And now that I've leaned so deeply into the divine, the spiritual, the, the ways of God, I read the Bible now, like not the way I did before. I, I, I read it for the mysticism that it actually has. If you read it with, from a different consciousness than where I used to read it from. And you just get that ultimately nothing bad really can be happening. You know, are there injustices in the world? Yes, are there like, but there's the opportunity in everything. And if we're focused on the result, then we're not focused on the cause. And the cause is God. You know, just the, if there's something that we're not liking in our life or in our world individually or collectively, well, we've got to go to a higher level of consciousness. And so it, it, it takes a shifting of gears, but if you're in that training, like bad can't be happening. The, the, the previous Gina would have either given up, thrown a tantrum, gotten super upset. I can't find my New York apartment. And I'm like, I was given opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. Are you going to force it? Are you going to settle? Are you going to trust your own power versus God's power? It wasn't life is like, it's not fair. I can't find a spot. This is awful. Like I could have gone there, but the training now is it's my good is coming to me. My good is coming to me. And so when I just kept inquiring, where am I meant to be? Where am I meant to be? Where am I meant to be? My human consciousness was in New York mentality. And then it's like, it's just not there right now. It's like, where am I meant to? And I'm like, I'm not mad at Europe. I'm just not, you know, like, like what, I'm going to get upset that I couldn't find my New York City apartment because had I, I would not be spending the next two and a half months in Europe, you know? And so if you just train yourself of whatever seems like the challenge at the time, we put so much energy into the resistance and you just got to shift your focus. Like how, like, how is this bringing your good to you? How is this bringing your good to you? And you just start to experience life differently, experience miracles differently, um, create a different adventure, create and then you'll start to see like the, the abundance float in as well. Um, 
that's even better than what you were trying to do moving through the resistance. And you never know what's going to happen in London. I mean, I can only imagine the adventures. And when we do resist, we miss all that, the possibilities of what's Mm -hmm. going to come. And Mm -hmm. are you going to be sharing your experience in London like day by day, week by week? Oh, you know it. Yeah, you will. Yeah, Yeah, you will. And in the Q club. So if anyone doesn't have my app, get into the Q club. I'll have it on Instagram podcast, you know, all I'm I'm taking on the journey with me. I mean, I do not have this figured out people. That is, that That is the beauty, but that's the beauty of it, right? That's the, the glorious beauty of everything that you're doing. And it's an adventure. Do you get bored easily, Gina? I'm just wondering. I don't because I don't let that happen. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I'm just like, I would be, I would love just to have that life. And so many people, those, those people are, that are listening, envious of this lifestyle that you can, you can, you can do it. It is a choice. And I will say this, you know, I have such a supportive husband. Like sometimes a shout out to Glenn. Hey, yes, yes. Baby love, he will. What did he do? Like, I don't know. He like went and I don't know if it was booked some great restaurant or took me shot something. And I was like, what are we doing this for? And he's like, can't let my woman get bored. Like he does keep it spicy and alive. So um, yeah, there's, there's, when you've trained yourself spiritually to be open to the miraculous, if you're feeling bored, if something's feeling flat, if it's feeling mundane, there's a difference between hard and unnecessarily hard. My workout this morning, because it took a hiatus, was hard. <laughs> Day two. Look at you, hiatus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we call not working out for the past six weeks. Okay. Um, <laughs> today's workout was hard. I emptied the tape, but it wasn't unnecessarily hard. Like I didn't push it to the point. I wasn't throwing up. I didn't rip a muscle. I didn't hurt myself. And so feelings, like real feelings are indicators, just like if you're moving your hand towards a hot stove, right? It's, it's warm and then it gets hotter and hotter and hotter. All that is, is an indicator that if you keep moving in that direction, you're going to get burned. And so, and it's hard for us women because we've been so conditioned to make sure that we're not paying attention to our feelings, that our feelings are crazy, that we need to go into our thinking. We need to be practical. We need to be logical. We need to be linear. We need to be there for everyone else versus it just, it didn't delight me to, I didn't feel delight at the thought of going to Naples, Florida, which is a beautiful place and a beautiful time of year in September. And so when we learn to trust these feelings, you really get there's such a roadmap beyond the logical. And so, and that takes faith to live by desire versus practicality. Desire versus practicality. I mean, it's a slippery slope. And I think a lot of people just hold on to practicality because it is comfortable. It's what they know, but just dancing outside that practicality little by little and having an amazing partner like Glenn 
By the way, if Glenn is lonely for Thanksgiving, we'll be down there in Naples. <laughs> I might I'll be cook. back by then. I might, so we'll have to hang out. Oh, oh my God. Don't ask me twice. I'll be there. Um, but you know, it's like, and sometimes when you realize you don't have those people around you to support you and support your vision and eliminating that as well. And that energy, because life is all about energy, whether it be money or the tribe you build around you, mm -hmm. you are the sum total of all that energy. So you're doing it right, Gina DeVee. Well, thank you. Thank you. I am. Here's, here's what I am doing. I am prioritizing my relationship with the divine more than ever. I start my day with meditation um, versus fitting it in when I can. And I read a lot more than I did. So I'm filling myself up with the spiritual way of life so okay. that it, it's more normal inside of me to not look at the external circumstances and think that that's real. And what are you reading more of, Gina? Oh, um, it can be, uh, there's, there's lots of different things, but even, um, I've, I've really fallen in love with the Bible more recently. I just did a series on my podcast about Joshua mm -hmm. and I'm seeing it all so much more rather than reading about dead old white dudes in the Bible that like from a historical point of view, like, oh wait, no, 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 this this is symbolic for our lives. Like Joshua isn't different than us. Esther isn't different. Like these are, this is spiritual guidance. And the, the way you get to victory is not by charging the wall. It's by doing the spiritual work and surrounding it with such a high vibration that the wall literally has to crumble in between you and where you're meant to be victorious in life. So, um, I also, I read, I picked up the alchemist again. So I'm like rereading that. Like there's just, um, different pieces that, so I'm less likely to get caught up in, oh, well, whatever doesn't look like it's happening and getting confused with the outside of me being source and remembering that me and God are a majority. And we hear this like as a common theme with everybody we talk about, you know, it's like getting out of your own mind, getting beyond that. Number one, have you ever thought about starting like a Bible study for business women or something like that? Even a spiritual study. I mean, even this, Glenn keeps telling me I should open up a church and I'm like, well, first open of all, up a church. That's a great I like, idea. I like to drink too much. And I also like my Saturday communion. Nights, so. It's communion. <laughs> it's not There's happening. wine there. <laughs> um, however, the Q club, for those of you that, that don't know, I have this app, it's called the Q club and the overwhelming request recently that has come in is please teach the metaphysics of the Bible. So I'm going to be doing that more in there. Uh, so that starts in September. So stay tuned. People these days are so void of just true direction and true understanding that it's not just about them. So you're an amazing icon just to reach out to the Q club. It's amazing. The, uh, the audacity to be queen. Oh my God. 
the best book ever. If you don't have it on Audible, buy the, I would suggest buying the paperback because it's really beautifully formatted. It's my publisher is going to be so proud. I mean, it is so gorgeous though. Thank when, you. I mean, it is. And um, I've written several books and none of my books like look like yours, by the way. Uh, one Thank day, you. one day. I'm going to share something on that yeah. too. Um, that was not the first proposed cover of my book. And, you know, this is just one of those things that when the first graphic came to me, it was, thank you. Um, It was a no. And it was, um, my my feedback was not as welcomed as I would like it to have been. um, Because they were like, we know how to sell books. And this is the cover that we came up with and, and the whole thing. And so I really did take a stand for, I, I, I have a different vision for the book. Um, and so I just want to let that be an example though, for, for everyone in your life. Like if there's, if something's not feeling right to you, women must, you don't need to be a bitch about it. Just speak up about it and, and be respectful and, and also firm. And so then you'll get things to a place where, it does feel really good. And you do want to touch it and hold it and, and, and all those it good is. things. It is I want to say one other thing too, because I, I think this is an important tip. The way that, you know, self-perception is a zoo. And so as I've moved out of business coaching, thinking what people wanted from me were funnels and nuts and bolts and how to come up with your ideal client and all that. Like, that's really what I thought people wanted from me. When I started getting these downloads about teaching from the Bible and the way that I do it, and there's some people would say it's a little irreverent and somewhat funny and the whole situation with it, the loudest voice in my head was, why would I do that? Doesn't everybody know this stuff? And so I don't want anyone out there thinking that everyone knows what you know that everyone can communicate that particular subject the way you can communicate it. Because it took me, I mean, I've had this idea for quite a while and I haven't acted on it because I'm like, who doesn't know these stories? And I was talking to uh, like a friend who grew up, grew up Christian stories. And I was like, well, you know the story of Joshua? She's like, no, I don't. <laughs> you know, like, or even, and then, so I just, I think it was one of the ways that I was doubting my, calling or my next level calling was to let these voices come in. Like people don't need you. Everyone already knows that that's not interesting or unique when actually it is. So I want every woman out there to trust what you've been through, what you do know, why you are fascinated with a certain subject and chances are others will be too. Did you feel like God was not monetizable? I mean, they did the Bible and it's like, you know, you have to kind of keep everything separate or. Fortunately, I do not have that opinion of my God. My God is a very abundant God and has like, you know, castles and the whole thing. So I'm like, I'm good with that. You know what came up for me? It's too easy. It's like, like, could something that's this fun and this easy be that monetizable. That was more like my Midwest Detroit, got to work hard mentality, got to deliver the sun, the moon, the stars, nuts and bolts, business coaching. Like they'll pay for that. Like, can I really like, this is so fun, light, easy to me. Like, can I really have a career around that? That's what came up. 
And it was easy because it's the essence of who you are and it's truly your purpose. So I, last I just found out two weeks ago. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. So what is coming up for Gina to in all things divine living? Oh, uh, let's see. Well, follow me on Instagram. You're going to find a, out a whole bunch there. Um, I'm really, we do. Check. okay. Okay. Thank you. Um, I have, I mean, literally you guys are getting stuff that like my team barely knows about at this point. Um, what okay. has, recently- we won't share it with them by the way. We won't share <laughs> um, What's recently been revealed is it's, I'm in all things own your throne. And I really am loving um, teaching the story of Esther, but then all the ways that it branches out to. So own your throne. It now has a virtual program. It has a retreat and it has a high-end mastermind. So uh, I think you can remember I asked you about that. Mm Mm-hmm. Really? Have you been reading my journal? We Um, do. We stalk you, Gina. Come on. Those are Joel's words, Gina, not mine. (laughs) Healthy, healthy, kind of healthy stocking. I love it. Divinelimit.com forward slash waitlist. I think we'll have all of the the offerings that are coming out. Um, And the Q Club, the Q Club app, divinelimit.com forward slash app. That will get you a a two-week free trial if you want to come in and check it out. Um, I do a live call in there every month. I'm going to be teaching the metaphysics of the Bible. And uh, for the first time, I'm actually going to be teaching content from the book. So that's all in the Q Club. And um, divineliving.com is kind of like the world of divine living for everything else. And who is divine living? That is Gina DeVee. Gina DeVee has the audacity to be, guess what? Gina DeVee. She is amazing. She's not only a queen. We love her. Guys, All the information will be in the show notes. So check it out and just become obsessed with Gina DeVee like we are. Don't forget, if you love us as much as we love you and as much as we love Gina DeVee, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, because that's how you show us your love. So until we meet again, get obsessed with your life. I told you you'd love this episode. Wasn't that so much fun? I had the best time with it, and I hope that it was a blessing in your life. Take a screenshot and tag us all on Instagram and let us know what your favorite moments were, uh, what nuggets you had, what takeaways you had, and definitely share this episode with a friend who could really use it.